and welcome back to the Texas Private School Podcast. I am your host and speaker for starting out uh, for the first time, Walker Lott. Uh, Wes Tillinson cannot be here uh, because he has his own uh, family matters to attend to. But, you know, me, me and Ryan are still here doing our thing. So, uh, Ryan, how's life? How's everything going, man? Yeah, so this is where you say that we're trying to get this right. So this is where you say, how are you doing in Stillwater, Oklahoma, right? Oh, so yeah. in Stillwater, Oklahoma, I'm doing good. Okay, then now to uh, College Station, how are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, USA soccer played today. We beat Mexico over the weekend, and we tied with Jamaica today. And I also got this Aggie ring, baby. Oh, Look yeah. There you that. go. Look at that. Tradition. Yeah, yeah I love it. Um, but yeah, pretty good weekend. Starting off the week all right, and we have some great matchups to talk about today. Like probably the best week of high school football for private school all year. It's been a, it's going to be a great one to talk about. Um, but of course, as we always start, let's talk about our uh, picks from last week. Ryan twelve and three last week. Uh, I went thirteen and two, and then Wes, out of all people, of course, is the luckiest change with us. The mojo's changed or something. But uh, Wes has gone fourteen and one. Uh, you want you have any thoughts about it, man? Like, what's what's going on here, man? So yeah, so right now I'm still 126 and 37, uh, which means that I'm still under 40 losses, which I'm proud about. Y'all are both right next to each other. Well, yeah, you got Wes is 119 and 44. You're 121 and 42. So I'm still under that 40 loss mark. Okay, so don't put me there where I don't belong. That's why under 40, like over 40 losses, that's not me. That's not me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it will be you soon. I uh, hopefully, hopefully for my luck, I hopefully it is. Um, but, uh, we'll see how it goes. We got a couple more weeks in the season, see how it all shakes up in the end, but, uh, moving on to our players of the week. Uh, we have our first one, uh, our first Texas private school podcast offensive player of the week is Brady Deaver from Fort Bend Christian. The 2023 quarterback went off in the first round of the playoffs against Austin Brentwood. He went 14 of 18, 369 and seven touchdowns. I mean, we've talked about him all season of how dominant this kid is, and he showed it against uh, Brentwood. You know, him ad- with the addition of all those athletes on the offensive side of the ball makes it for a deadly combo for any team to face. Um, Ryan, do you want to give any more insight into how dominant this kid is and how fun it is to just watch his film every week? Yeah, Brady Dever had a great week last week, and it was kind of like – did he really just do that again kind of thing? And he did it on 18 passes. I mean, the man only threw four incomplete passes. He only threw 18 passes in total and somehow managed up with 369 yards and seven touchdowns, which if you do the math there, y'all, because I'm the big math guy here, seven touchdown passes, assuming that they're all passes and 14 like complete completions. That means half of his completions were touchdowns. Let that sink in for a second, everybody. Brady Dever throws half of his completions for touchdowns. That's all I gotta say. Man, that that's it's that's sensational. Like um, we, we'll talk about more later with some other guys we mentioned, but that 2023 quarterback, so I've said it for a while. That 2023 quarterback class is loaded, and he might be the top dude with there with McGuire Martin. It, it's mm-hmm. this that class is deep, and it's very exciting to watch these guys. Uh, moving to the defensive side of the ball, the Texas. Uh, private school podcast defense of the player of the week is 2022 De- Bishop Lynch defensive lineman Webster Walls. Uh, in a win over Concordia Lutheran in the first round, he went off 12 total tackles, two sacks, five tackles for loss, two forced fumble, and one of those fumble recoveries for a touchdown. I mean, he went off like plain and simple. That's what you want a defensive lineman who 
like you're going to have to schedule scheme for him the entire night. And he made that happen. Um, I remember going to watch him or going to talk to him over the summer. And I just feels like this kid's insane. This kid's, you knew that kid was about to be dominant. And that's what he did this season. Um, I want to say he's the younger brother of Warren Walls, the SMU defensive lineman. I believe that's how it is. And then I just saw something that was actually kind of funny. Uh, there was a article by the Dallas Morning News. And the t- I'm not going to read it because that's too long, but it's it's a very funny title if you ever want to go read it. How Bishop Lynch defensive end Webster Walls turned work on Christmas tree farm into success on the football field. I have not read it yet, but I think that's fantastic. And I, I, I would love to learn more about that, but that's really, really cool. Um, but yeah, they're going to, they're have, they have a tough task ahead of them, I believe against uh, who are they playing this week? Uh, they are playing. Oh yeah. yes, St. Thomas. That's going to be a tough task ahead of them for sure, but you never know. So I wish the best for them and that team, but yeah, Ryan, your thoughts on this uh, stellar performance by Webster walls. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking at this next week. I if I'm what's uh I'm I just pulled up his name a second ago. If I'm St. Thomas quarterback, uh, if I can get this name to pull up, I'm I'm scared. Like I'm scared trying to make sure this guy doesn't get to me. I mean, he clearly he's running over everybody. His this guy's name is last name Wright, uh, Jake Wright, Jake Wright, the quarterback for St. Thomas. I would be scared for my life in that pocket if I know that this man's coming for me. That's all I gotta say. I think you gotta you gotta be on your toes. You gotta know where he's at on the line, and I would be totally scared. Same thing goes for sophomore running back. Uh, I don't know how to fully pronounce this guy's name, but uh, Jay Cardenas Cardenas. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I don't know how to say it either. But yeah. But whatever his name is, I I'd be scared because clearly this man can run you over in just a second. So. Uh, Webster walls, hopefully y'all can go upset St. Thomas. That'd be a big, uh, big win for them. And that's only going to come if he plays like he just did. I mean, clearly he has such an impact on the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, he's, he, he, the more I look into that Bishop Lynch team, yes, the record doesn't show the talent that they have there, but they have a lot of guys that are really well, like could be guys that are collegiate players down the road. And I'm very excited to see how the team does against St. Thomas. Like, Lynch and Liberty are kind of the same teams of like they both have talented dudes but the record kind of doesn't show that but a lot of those two teams have talented guys that can go play collegiate ball so excited for those teams uh, Bishop Lynch of course is for the next round um, moving into the last week's matchups we'll first talk about four with All Saints versus Antonio Prep uh, where the score was 42-21 for the All Saints Saints uh, they uh, outgained Antonio 510 to 364 and they won this game specifically on the ground, uh, outrushing Antonian 362 to 67. Uh, we talked about this guy on t- all year, but you know, when if Brent, like Wes said earlier, if Brent Alfinger got loose, then this they were gonna win, and that's exactly what he did. 12 rushes, 151 yards, and two TDs on the ground. Uh, he was assisted by uh Minifield, who also had a fantastic game with seven rushes, 133. 133- 35 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Alfinger also caught a receiving touchdown as well as Marshall cool. Uh, Saints defense also came to play forcing five Apache turnovers, three fumbles and two interceptions. Uh, dominant performance by the all Saints. Saints. I love saying that because it's really funny. Uh, 
I don't know. I, I this team has always been on the cusp of greatness in Division One, and they showed it again against a good Southern team in uh, Antonio and Prep. But uh, the count, I guess, the talent difference was just too much to handle for Antonio and Prep. Ryan, what are your thoughts about this uh, dominant performance by Fort All Saints? Yeah, give it to the defense, man. I mean, five turnovers is something that obviously doesn't come every single game. You have to really be a certain kind of team to to force five turnovers on an on the opposing offense. I mean, that is just so so crazy. Three fumbles, two interceptions, being in the right place at the right time. And I'm telling you right now, if you got a defense that can set you up to be in a good offensive position, that means miles more than an offensive putting on points and a defense who can't hold the other team. I'm going to let you know that right now. Um, clearly, that's what's happening with my Oklahoma State Cowboys here for football. So I know it's the same thing going to be happening in high school. Um, All Saints, obviously, you know, they, they're going to go into this next game and uh, they're going to have to play the exact same way against Central Catholic. If they don't put that defense on Central Catholic's offense, best believe Central Catholic's going to go out there and they're going to punch them home. And we'll talk about more about all this stuff later. But yeah, best believe for with All Saints, there's no one that can do it like them when it comes to that defense. And Shout out to those guys. Defense is not going to enough love, especially for a team that put up 42 points. And, you know, that's all I got to say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that Central Catholic versus All Saints matchup next week, or this week, actually, big-time yeah, game. And I'm, I'm excited for it. I really am. Uh, moving to the next game, we have Grapevine Faith versus Brook Hill. Uh, Brook Hill took a 14-6 to lead going into the half, but 15 unanswered points by Faith led to a 21-14 to victory for the Lions. Uh, 24 running back Clayton Sobecki had two touchdowns leading the Lions on the ground. Davis Anderson had the other line touchdown, which came from a form of 40-yard pick six. Uh, desperately needed by Faith to pull this one out. Campbell Stites led the Lions in tackles with this game of 13. Um, you kind of see this team kind of putting together. Like, I knew going into it, luckily, I not, not luckily, unluckily, I picked Brooke Hill to upset this one, and I was close. I was close, but, you know, Grapevine Faith pulled it out, so fair play to them. But, uh, yeah, uh, this this Grapevine Faith team has gotten hurt the past couple of weeks, you know. They've had the injury bug, but they still have talent on this roster. Davis Anderson was a guy who, when I went and watched SES versus Faith, someone who stood out to me as a very intriguing prospect, and he dominated this last week. And then Clayton Sebecki, you know, all Grapevine Faith have always had those guys at the running back position kind of like leading that team, you know, Mark Saunders, Keyshawn Wyatt, uh, the list can go on and on. But Clayton Sebecki might be the next guy in line for that dominant running back position for Grapevine Faith. Uh, he was one that kind of I stood out to me as well when I went and watched SES versus Faith. Uh, but yeah, great win by Faith as they move on to play my alma mater this week. But Ryan, what are your thoughts about the game? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's important to note that Chase Cross, um, when he's when he's at the quarterback position, he's not just throwing it to to what's it called, just one target. He spreads the love out between his wide receivers, which is something that is very important if you want to go a long way in the playoffs. It's, it's seen a lot of times where a lot of quarterbacks will like to choose one target, and then most uh, most teams will just put their top DB on them. That's not for them. David Anderson actually was uh, he, he got this, basically the same amount of yards as all the other guys did. They basically all were around 40 yards apiece. Luke Stifel, 
Parker Barley and Clayton Sebecki actually all had around 40 yards, them averaging a couple of different receptions. And obviously the, the real touchdowns came on the ground for Sebecki and Sebecki ended up having a great game. If you put this together, he had a, a hundred yard game combined with uh, rushing and pa- and receiving yards with two touchdowns. That's a great game for Clayton Sebecki. And he's definitely going to have to be another um, big asset for this team. If, if Grapevine Faith wants to win a big matchup this week against South, uh, Southwest Christian. Ah, anyways, yeah, absolutely. Making a lot of sense there. Uh, moving into the next game, uh, we have McKinney Christian at Fort Worth Christian here. Um, Fort Worth Christian can sum up this game in one sentence of saying they had five interceptions on the game. Absolutely blasting 62-25 to 25, uh, win over McKinney. Uh, confirming Wes's mortal lock of the millennia. Shout out to him. He finally got one right. But <laughs> – uh, Trevor Andrews and Hogan Nelson combined for 381 yards passing and five touchdowns uh, with Andrews having four of those Luke Anderson and Bryce Bradley and had touchdowns on the ground. What set this game off is the Cardinals passing attack in which Jacob Trimble. I feel like we say this guy's name every week had oh, five receptions for 138 yards and three touchdowns, which is just a stellar game for the star out in North Western Hills. Um, Fourth Christians hot, man. We said it last week. You know, they like to cuddle when it's hot. You can't touch it too much because you'll get burnt. And Fourth Christian did another game like this this week. Um, I love that McKinney Christian team. I really do. Zeke Long's getting a lot of detention, so I want to give his uh, big name to him for, you know, having such a stellar performance these past two years. And I hope he gets all the recognition and all the support he gets. Um, I really like that quarterback. You know, you mentioned last week, Ryan, that Cash, I think Cash uh, Estridge or Est- Anderson, one of the two. What Whatever it? his name was, he's definitely clutch. I'll look it up right now as you keep talking. But um, yeah, he yeah. If I can, if I he's he, his name is Cash, and I know he's Cash Money, and he's a guy to watch <laughs> in the future. Um, but you know the fact that they they put twenty five up on that fourth Christian defense, who is a pretty good defense, I might add. But um, yeah, fourth Christian is hot, man. They're going into that DC game to get revenge for the regular season loss. Um, excited to see that matchup because. In my opinion, I think that's going to be closer than a lot of people expect, but um, going to be a good time, good time game. Ryan, thoughts, man? Yeah, I was, I, we were talking about, so I, got, I got your last name for you, Cash Etheridge. Um, he's a sophomore. And yeah, don't let five interceptions. This is his, this is his first start in a, in a playoff game, from what I understand, um, unless he was started last year, but I don't think everybody made the playoffs last year. So correct me if I'm wrong there, but Cash Etheridge. I mean, five interceptions should not be what he is. He's a 2024 quarterback. You have to give him some time. Also, a big shout-out to senior Zeke Long. We talk about him a good amount on this podcast, too. We love our McKinney guys, and honestly, um, it's really sad to see Zeke Long go, especially this being the end of his uh, you know, high school career. Uh, 98 yards and six receptions with a touchdown in his last uh, high school game. Definitely something, a way to end off your senior career. Um, but going to Fort Worth, I mean, there's no, there's no argument for how good this team is. Um, I mean, you, we, we already have said how strong this Fort Worth team is. And I, I agree. I saw them in person. I saw them stomp my Eagles, uh, my legacy Christian Eagles, 67 to 21. I know this team is good. I know Trevor Andrews is good. You know, I I'm, I'm not stupid in that aspect. They're on a, a, a three game win streak at this point. 
um, and the losses that they have between uh, them and le- like the, the district games and legacy uh, was just a, a non-district game against CCA Addison and the Southwest Christian game. In my mind, they're rolling. They keep rolling teams. They haven't put up less than 50 in their past three games. I don't know if you're going to see them less than 50. The problem for DC has to be, can you stop that offense? And we'll talk about that later. Absolutely. Um, moving to the next game was the game I went out to. Uh, it was a Saturday afternoon game, which was beautiful in Austin. Uh, Austin St. Michael's uh, versus Lutheran South. Great game out there in Austin. Uh, I believe the last final score was, let me find it, 37 to 14 St. Michael's. Basically, um, the fact is, is that Lutheran South scored that seven in like the first quarter, and then they didn't score into the end of like, with like a 30 seconds left in the game. So it was a big, big win for St. Michael's. And I had never seen him in person. Uh, St. Michael's, I like this team. Absolutely. Um, well, I'm going to just go down the line. The receiving tandem of the two big bodies of Jack Esparza, the 2022 guy, and then 2023 wide receiver Joe Moreland, uh, the two big bodies of Moreland and Sparza are dominant, both above like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and are just freakishly athletic. Um, they can go up and get it. I, I really do think Joe Moreland is probably one of the most underrated private school guys in the state. Be on the lookout for that dude because I think that guy is going to be a future collegiate guy. I really do think so. He should be a D1 prospect. I, I say it now. I've seen a lot of dudes in the this in games over the past couple of years. I think that's a D1 guy. Uh, but Jack Esparza is the other guy. They both play safeties for this team and then go out and go play offense. Both those guys are dominant, dominant kids. Excited to see them go. And don't get it twisted. I like Xander Romero, the 23 athlete as well. I like 23 Ja Griffin as well. I like 23 Malachi Smith. This is a young junior class that's going to bring this team to success. They're going to make it very, very hard for Fort Bend to win this game this upcoming week, and we'll talk about it more later. But one guy I want to also mention is 2023 quarterback Carson Kruber. You know, we've already talked about so many 2023 quarterbacks, and now seeing this kid in person, I mean, he he, he is very, very good. Um, who do you have? You have you have Brady Dever. You have Carson. McGuire. You have McGuire Martin. Martin, Chase Cross, and you have him now. And you're also having Von McKeever and John Cooper. Like you have a lot of good young quarterbacks in this private school game that it's going to be fun to watch them grow. And, uh, you know, I know Carson was on a visit to UT over the weekend uh, in the sad, sad, sad loss that Texas had over Kansas at home. Yeah, Uh, really sad. It's a really, really sad loss. I know we have some Longhorn fans that probably watch this podcast, so we can't say all that, but we'll we'll leave that be. I hurt for yeah. that program hurt anyways anyways anyway, right, let's keep going. anyways you, you had to make it you had to make the joke it was too easy not to 62 um, yard field. No, okay okay all right all right all right we're actually uh, done yeah. anyways but yeah big win for st michael's they're a dominant team they're led by a lot of good guys, and the depth is there a little bit. And I, I'm really excited to see how this team is going to do against Fort Bend this week. But uh, great win for them. Uh, congrats to Lutheran South on a great season, but St. Michael's came out on top of this one. you have anything else to add, or do you want to just keep rolling? No, let's keep rolling. Gosh, man, I'm looking at these stats, though. These are insane, bro. These are insane. Yep, absolutely. Let's go into the Colleyville Covenant versus Pantigo game. 
Antigua dominated this one on the ground, outrushing Covenant 253 to 117 and route to a 38 to 21 victory. The Panthers had a four touchdowns on the ground. Reese Vickers had two. Dylan Spain had one, and Caden Palladini had one as well, leading Pantigo on the ground with 118 yards. Through the air, Ethan Pruitt had a touchdown as well, as well as 75 yards receiving. So the NL Etta and Christian Wells train of Covenant comes, comes to the end. After making state last year, their season gets done in the first round after kind of a strange season for Covenant, first of all. Um they have the talent. Don't get it twisted. Yes, they lost their quarterback, and that kind of hindered them a bit. But for in Division Three, with the talent they have, you would think they would do a little bit better. But, um, you know, it is what it is. You know, they've lost. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how good this team will be next year because they were already down this year. How much down are they going to go again with a lot of those seniors leaving? But they still will have Christian Wells and Aueta there for next year, so it'll be interesting to see but let's turn on to Pantigo. Pantigo had to bounce back from a big time loss to Grace Prep and get that mentally their, their mental game right for this win. Because it, you know, Covenant's not an easy task to just check off and go into the next one. They're a good team. So Pantigo had to get their mind right for this game, and they did that absolutely. Uh Ryan, what are your thoughts about this game? This big win for Pantigo going into the next round. Yeah, I mean, honestly, y'all, if we're gonna go, we're gonna go into this depth. Uh, y'all actually had um, them winning. Y'all had them winning. Uh, Covenant Christian actually winning out that entire one of the probably that, that probably was the most stacked corner of a any taps bracket. It was the most stacked corner out of any taps bracket, and y'all had them winning out of there. I did not. I have Love It Christian winning out of there. Um, and I'm gonna you know, and it should be known that that I think Love It Christian is that good. But best believe I had to follow with them to at least think the covenant was going to beat Pantico just because of this idea that we thought Pantico had only played Grace Prep. We didn't really know that much more than that. And Pantico just lost to Grace Prep. So let it really be known here that Pantico showed me honestly that they are them, them dudes. I do have them losing to the Love of Christian uh, eventually, but you know doesn't mean that they didn't show out. And the Colleyville Covenant, I have no idea what has happened. Um, obviously, a lot of star power, but maybe that like co like cohesiveness or whatever, like how everyone kind of blended together of that star power on that team. I don't know how all that would have happened out. So great, great couple seasons for Colleyville Covenant. It's sad they're going to lose a lot of guys. It'd be good to see what happens the upcoming years with that team, and we'll see what Pantigo does in the rest of the playoffs. Yep, absolutely. I mean, they might have the talent, but at the end of the day, football is a team game, and you have to have 11 guys on both sides of the ball that can do it. And maybe that just is how it is over there in Covenant. So we'll see how it goes. Um, but that is our five games of last week that we kind of wanted to cover. Uh, going into other news of the, uh, the last week, we're going to go into our rankings. Uh, let's talk uh, Division One first. Nothing really changes besides the very bottom of the graphic. Uh, seventh through one all win and then uh concordia lutheran loses so they move out and bishop lynch beat them so they move into the top 10 uh going to division two kind of same thing twca loses lutheran south loses but brook hill moves into the ninth spot even though they did lose they kept it close with a grapevine faith win so they move into the top 10 but all nine through whatever it is now are out of playoffs. So it's eight through up and they all won. Going to D3, 
uh, Covenant loses, so they move down to 10. And 8-9 move – or 9-10 at the time move up to 8-9. Brazos and San Antonio Holy Cross. And then going into the overall rankings, I think everything has stayed the same. So we'll see how this kind of switches going into the next round. But uh, that's kind of how it is. Ryan, thoughts? Yeah, you really won't see a lot of movement here. Uh, you only see movement in the 8-9-10 just because no one has really lost. And I'm, we're not going to move people around for wins and stuff like that. Like, you know, there's not enough of a win for this person being this person by this much for – you know, it to be that crazy of a change. So yeah, not a lot of movement and obviously SBC, we just didn't do anything to it because they're done. So, oh, and then yeah, I guess we're about to go into this, but speaking of uh, our overall, you'll see TCA Addison. Uh, you want to talk about that, that TCA Addison, what they did? Absolutely. So you know how TCA Addison is kind of in that, I think it's division five. I think that's what it's called. Whatever independent, that thing that, that they're yeah. a part of, they won't be a part of that next year. If you watch our, uh, our uh, um, what's called reclassification. They're back in D1 next year, so they won't be killing kids. What was the final score of that game? Uh, it was 67 to nothing versus a TMI <laughs> Episcopal. Um, but <laughs> I will I will mention that because it is at the end of the season. TCA Addison, great team, great program. You see how they're finally coming back into it. Uh, we've talked about them a lot, so I won't mention it too much. But the guys that they have that team are special, and the young guys that are on that team as well, are really good players. Six, I think they're going to make some noise next year in Division One, so be on the lookout for that. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. So I just forgot that I went back down to St. Michael's and I got myself a hat. You see, we're all getting hats out here. Shout out St. Michael's. Great people, great place, beautiful. If you've ever been to that side of Austin, oh my gosh, I would love to live there. So shout out that place. It's a great, great place. Yeah, go represent your Lubbock Christian. Anyways. Let's do these f- top five games of the week. First game of the week is 9-1 Parrish versus 7-4 Prestonwood in a rematch of October matchup in which Parrish won 35-9. Parrish Episcopal Panthers will meet in the Prestonwood Lions in the quarterfinals of the TAPS Division I playoffs. Parrish averages 45 points per game and allows 19. Uh, Prestonwood averages 34 and allows 22. Um, looking into this now, you know, I'm, I'm going to go Parrish here. Uh, I think it's an easy choice. They've dominated every team they play in. They've gotten comfortable with the team they are at. So I'm going to give me Parrish in this one. Talking about Wes's pick now, I'm going to give his pick. He has Parrish in this game. Uh, you know, he he can't go against it last time. I think he said we all picked Prestonwood in this game the last time he played. So he said, don't go against – I can't go against it now. So give him Parrish. Uh, Ryan, what's your pick, man? Yeah, as a Prestonwood diehard and a McGuire Martin big fan and a Coco, uh, I always forget his last name, and a big Coco wide receiver fan as well called. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I really love this Prestonwood team, but it, they're not Parish, and I think Parish has proven to be Parish. So I got Parish in this one. I mean, it's just really not that hard uh, to choose them when they're really that good of a team. So, yep. I mean, they're, they're that good. Andrew Paul, they've always had like, the past couple of years, they've always had that one dude that kind of has getting – like they get recognition over time. That's Andrew Paul this year. Austin UK was the guy last year who went to Stanford. They have the guys over time that just get better and better offers that you're like, holy cow, how is this guy not getting recognized? And Andrew Paul is this guy this year. So shout out to uh, Parrish. Uh, but, yeah, uh, best of luck to both teams in that game. Moving on, we have 9-2 Southwest Christian versus 8-2 Grapevine Faith. 
SES will meet Gravon Faith here for the second time this season after a 34-16 victory for the Eagles earlier in the season. Um, I, I'm going with my alma mater, Southwest Christian here. I think it's a pretty solid win decision for it, and I believe Wes is going to agree with me because I believe uh, he also is going to pick Southwest Christian here. Uh, Ryan, are you going to go against us and pick Faith, or what's your thoughts here, man? Yeah, I, I like this faith team. I think they're a very good team this year. But you can't tell me after basically everybody lost in that in our in our division, you can't or our district, you can't tell me that, you know, faith is now gonna somehow turn the script against the team that's undefeated in our district. Give me Southwest Christian. It's not that hard of a pick again for me to make, but Southwest Christian. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I think SES is just, they're, they're locked in their focus. Best of luck to my boys about there. Uh, they're playing up in Castleberry who they played last year at, uh, they played uh fourth Christian in the regionals last year at, and the result of that game is when they moved on. So maybe they'll go two and zero in the same place. We'll see. Oh, no. Uh, anyways, going to the third game of the week is a game I'm very intrigued for. And I love this game. 8-1 Shiner St. Paul versus 8-2 Brazos Christian. The battle of – I honestly think this is the state championship in the regional matchup. You can disagree with me, but I really like these two teams. Uh, Shiner St. Paul, in the clash of the Division Four Titans, we see the two best teams uh, meet Saturday. And I have to – or Friday, actually. And I have to dive into the stats here since they're, these teams are so evenly matched. Brazos Christian is averaging 38 points per game and allows 14 whereas Shiner St. Paul also averages 38 and allows 20. When we went and interviewed Coach Hoff and Levi over the summer, we talked about, you know, having to face Shiner St. Paul and how they kind of run Division Four they've had for the past couple of years. And how do you get past that team? And, you know, now they have the opportunity to do this, this game. And it's going to be very interesting to see how they're going to do it. You know, in order to secure the win here, Brazos Christian has to stop the fantastic rushing duo of Zach Johnson and Noah Bodeker for St. Paul. These two are, have gone for 200 on the ground each in a single game before. And if Brazos' defense allows that to happen, I don't see them winning. But Levi Hancock and the Eagles have something very special that brewing. And uh, I think there's a very good chance they will have the state MVP on their side and Levi Hancock. I think that guy's a stud. Uh, but give me Brazos Christian this one. I love this team. I love this team. I, I love this team. I love this team. Give me Brazos Christian here. Levi Hancock for Heisman. If that was a thing in private school football, give it to him. He's doing that good. I love this team. I love Levi Hancock. Uh, maybe being a little bit biased towards my hometown team, but I love this team. Yeah, I, I, I think they'll get it done. I think this is going to be a big time matchup, but I think it's going to be a close one, but give me Brazos Christian in this one. Ryan, your thoughts. Yes. So although it's not my backyard team, I'm going to call it my backyard team because technically we're going to just say the podcast is based out of college station because that's just kind of where everything kind of happens until I move to college station. It, you know, it, it's going to be, it, I'm, we're in college station. Okay. This is our backyard. Brazos Christian is our backyard. All right. Whatever. Just let me say that. Even if I'm from Oklahoma, Brazos Christian has been the hometown team. They have proven that they are a successful team. Obviously, the records are right there with each other. Both of their one of their losses, uh, one of their losses have come to Cypress Christian. One of those being a district game. One of those being a non-district game for both those teams. 
obviously Brazos Christian other other loss um, is to is to a Bay Area Christian team who's also very very good. I and, and and these losses that you know Brazos has had, they only lost by five to a powerhouse in Cypress Christian. They lost by three to a Bay Area Christian. I am telling you right now, with the team that it has shut out its last two opponents and put up forty plus in both games. You cannot tell me that this Brazos Christian is not the team that they that like that, that they, you can't tell me that they're not as good as they are actually like look like on on the stat sheet. I have Brazos Christian, but yes, this is the state championship and and uh, division four and the regional round. Not or uh, this is this is not fair. This is not fair in my opinion, but this is the state championship. Yeah, absolutely, and hopefully we'll have a guy cover that. Uh, me and Wes are still trying to figure that out if who, who can be able to cover it. Hopefully we have a guy out there, but it'll be a good game nonetheless. Moving into the fourth game of the week, we have Austin Regents, the state championship from state championship winner from last year versus Second Baptist, the team that almost beat them in the semis of last year. We have a rematch of in the regional matchup. And the perpetual struggle between for the best Southern team in Division Two, Regents will meet Houston Second Baptist this Friday at Cubs Stadium. Cubs Stadium in Brenham, Texas, is actually the home of, if you don't know, there's a junior college in Bryan College Station called Blend, Blend Juco. And Cubs Stadium, I believe, is the hometown to or home stadium for uh, Blend Junior College. So on that field, you'll have the likes of Cam Newton have played on that field in Brenham. Because uh, if you didn't know, Cam Newton went to Juco. Uh, Blend, there's your stats, your trivia of the day. Hey, the more I know, the more I know. Anyways, Houston Second Baptist averages 39 points per game and only allows 13. Reeds, on the other hand, allows averages 43 and allows only six points per game. It's tough to analyze because Regents hasn't really been tested all year, whereas Houston Second Baptist has lost a couple games to uh, two very good teams in Kincaid, who were the SPC champions, and FBCA, who were the district champions who I also really could think could win the South. However, even without major tests, I have to side with the Regents team in this game. I uh, went out on a limb last year and picked Houston Second Baptist to upset them, and I was totally incorrect. Uh, I'm not making the same mistake this year. Uh, I, I'm a big Drew Dickey fan. We gave him the MVP of all small schools last year and also, uh, you know, uh, Division Two MVP. And he's just too talented, man. The Vandy commit is something special. And give me Austin Regents in this one. I love this team. I, I really do think not just Drew Dickey, but Weston Benson, Whitfield Powell. There's a lot of guys on that team who are very, very talented guys. And I'm very excited to see how this team will do. So give me Austin Regents in this one. And also, I know Wes is going to also pick Austin Regents in this one. He, Me and him, I both believe, picked second Baptist last year or in this one over regents and we made the mistake and we shouldn't we're not going to make that again so ryan thoughts uh i definitely think that regents is it's just that good of a team even even if you want to tell me 900 million things about this regents team and how they haven't played anybody they haven't done anything they haven't they haven't done they haven't seen anybody good or whatever i don't care i don't care i have regents in this game, I don't think they really have the mindset that they're going to lose if at all, like there's nothing in their mind that says, Oh, we feel like losing today. Like, or like, Oh, we don't have a chance. Like 
they just steamroll everybody. And I just don't think it's within their power to lose games. So give me Austin regions. I, I love this Austin and uh, Houston matchup. It, it creates a lot of fun, uh, especially just going right down the road um, in college station and in that little area i think it's fun to kind of meet up in these neutral sites it makes for a lot easier for our headquarters of college station uh to go to these games as well but yeah give me a regents i really have a region st michael's matchup and that semifinal so that's what i got oh then let's talk about that next game you know st michael's at for not really at sorry yeah let's talk about that matchup we have st michael's versus fort ben christian and giddings on saturday night this matchup is going to determine who enters the TAPS Division II South Region Finals. Uh, Fort Bend Christian enters averaging 45 points a game and allowing 18. St. Michael's is, is averaging 30, 43 points per game and allows 18 as well. Statistically speaking, two very similar teams. And honestly, how they play as well are very similar in how they play. They both have great weapons on the offensive side of the ball that can go up and get it. Brady Dever and Carson Cooper are two elite 2023 quarterbacks with Joe Moreland, uh, Jack Esparza, and Xander Romero are the receivers positions. They have a really good uh, receiving core for St. Michael's. But on the other side, uh, Fort Bend Christian, or for Fort Bend Christian, they have dudes, man. Uh, Domino, Gardani, Dixon, Donovan, et cetera. Uh, it's hard. It's, we got talent on talent here tonight. We got talent on talent here tonight. It's going to be a good matchup. St. Michael's has kind of flown a little bit under the radar being that division uh, district three of division two, but they're going to have to throw the ball to have any chance in this game. Uh, They have to give it to their athletes, just like Fort Ben does it all year. Um, This second uh, St. Michael's secondary kind of has to slow down this receiving core for uh, Fort Ben Christian. Regardless, uh, it's hard to pick against Fort Bend in this game, even though I love St. Michael's. I have the hat, but I'm going to go pick against uh, St. Michael's in this one. I'm going to go Fort Bend here. I think that offense is just too too dominant to play, and I don't know how who plays both sides, but a lot of those guys for second uh, St. Michael's have to play both sides of the ball, and I think in this game where it's going to go a lot of fast paints, a lot of scoring, a lot of running, I think they're going to get a little bit too tired, and I think Fort Bend's going to pull away here. So give me four Ben in this one, but shout out St. Michael's. I love y'all have the hat, all that uh, for Wes's pick there. He's also going to pick Fort Ben as well. Ryan, you have the last pick of the night. What you thinking? You know, you can call me crazy. You can mm. call me crazy. And I know Wes would be jumping out of his chair right now. If he could hear <laughs> what I was saying right now. Yeah, honestly, I, I think a team that has played super well, and their district with Austin St. Michael. I mean, literally, they, they went through and just powered through their district with their only loss being to Regents. Um, and, and and that Regents loss obviously was a really bad loss, 49-21. I understand that. Um, and, and they're out of district loss, out of district wins, and a, and a loss to Davenport. It's not, there's a lot on here that would make me say, oh, wow, this team is really, really good. The St. Michael's team is, but they really – haven't come across enough talent on the other side of the ball. Obviously, I think St. Michael's is really good, and I just said that, but I just I, I'm looking into stuff now, and there's too much of a gap in that regions game for me to look at it. And there's too like uh, a, a basically 
a, a win against Austin Savio is just not that like the first game year. That's not a good enough win for me. Like 65, eight, like should have won by 130 at that point. I mean, they're literally, sorry, I'm, I'm getting off the wrong track. I have Fort Brink Christian. I, I think Ooh. it's very, I think it's very clear to see that Fort Brink Christian is a dominant team, a dominant team. And they are really all that. I mean, their losses are to St. John's and SBC powerhouse by one point uh, full shear, which if I'm correct about this is a, let's get this right here. Cause I don't want to mess this up. Full shear is what, what are they? Oh yeah. Five, a five, a UIL team. Okay, cool. Five, a UIL. And then their other losses, powerhouse Dallas Christian D2. So you know what? Hate me. But I have Fort Bend Christian Academy. I know I just said I love St. Michael's, but can't, can't, numbers don't lie, especially in Texas private school football. Take that from the guy who literally has used numbers to make his picks every single week. There you go. That's the, that's the stat man himself, Ryan Schroeder, with his pick. Um, that's our five games of the week, but we have like three games we kind of want to quickly go over before the end of this episode. That because there's just so many talented and amazing games this week. So we kind of have to talk about, a little bit more. Uh, first game, Lubbock Christian versus Pantigo. Um, Lubbock ten and one, I believe. Pantigo is also, uh, yeah, ten and one. Battle battle of two ten and one teams. Who would have thought we would have seen that in the second round of playoffs? But here we are. Um, that district is just that side of the bracket is just insane. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see because Pantigo kind of demolished uh, Covenant, kind of, and Lubbock, I believe, also did that the same. No. Lubbock, yeah, Lubbock. It was Shelton. It was the Shelton game. Yeah. I think. Yeah. The thing about it is on the other side of the ball or other side, other team, Lubbock Christian's only loss is to Covenant Christian. So does that show anything? I don't know how you, I mean, how do you explain that? But Lubbock Christian's only loss is to Covenant Christian who lost a good, good amount to Pantigo this last week. So it's going to be very interesting to see, Hey, is Lubbock Christian really that good and they just kind of play in a lower bracket or is, are they back to being like, Hey, we can, we can play each other and they're a good 10 and one team. So it's going to be very interest, interesting to see how it all plays out. I'll wait to give my pick and when we post them on Friday, Ryan, what do you want to do? Yeah, I'm going to wait as well. All these three games I'll wait. I'll just give my analysis and it might give it away a little bit, but Honestly, y'all, look at the teams that Lubbock Christian has played versus look at the teams that Pantigo has played. The only win in my head that Pantigo really has that really shows me that they could possibly, you know, that, that they have the covenant win, that that says a lot. Uh, y'all, y'all got to go look at the Lubbock Christian wins because, you know, they're, I mean, that, that Shelton one, ignore that. Those other <laughs> wins are pretty pretty dang good i i like some of those teams and a, a matchup where they both picked training christian lubbock and i picked lubbock christian they went they ended up winning by 12 but pantigo obviously beat um you know beat covenant but has a loss to grace prep there's a lot going on y'all lots to analyze so yeah, i'm excited for this game yeah absolutely that's gonna be a good game there uh i forgot exactly where it's played oh no it's so, played it's, it's played out in like abilene it's Hardin Simmons at Abilene. So it's literally, I actually looked it up earlier when we were talking about um, the, the games earlier. It's the exact same distance, both teams. Uh, Lovey Christian has got basically what, like a two hour drive or two or three hour drive. 
And then Pantigo from Arlington has about the same card. Awesome. Hey, that's what you want to meet. You want that's a that's a good middle area to play in. Hey, there's no uh there's no whatever favoritism to either team. That's what you want. And now a game that is going to be very intriguing to see how it all plans out. Dallas Christian versus four with Christian, the hot hand versus the powerhouse that's always been in division two. Uh, I'm not going to give too much ahead away, but I, I, I love this game. Uh, it's, it's basically can Fort Worth Christian fix what they messed up in the previous game against versus DC. And can they overcome all that they've had to do? Because DC's no slouch. Don't get it twisted. We all know that. But Forward Christian gave them a run for their money a little bit last uh, last time they played, but DC held strong in the end. So it's going to be interesting to see, hey, does DC fix the things they made, messed up last week, last time they played and they cut it down and they blow them out this time? Or does Forward Christian you know, tap into those things we said, hey, we made mistakes here. Let's fix those mistakes but also let's tap into what we know and kind of find their weaknesses that they kind of maybe found last year, last time they played uh, this game. So very, very interesting to see Ryan thoughts. I'm not going to give anything away. I'm excited, but trust me, I, I am different. I am different when it comes to, when it comes to this game. Um, I won't give anything else away than that. I am different. Absolutely. Uh, and but hey, it's one of the best rivals rivalries in all of the state, all of Texas is DC versus Fourth Christian. Always has been, always will be. Very in- intrigued to see how that game turns out. Last game we'll kind of cover is All Saints versus Central Catholic. The battle of two pretty good teams. Um, you know, Central Catholic was the buy in the the South region, so there should be the better team, right? It sh- that should be the win, right? But don't get it twisted. All Saints is going to come for blood, and they're going to come to play. And it's going to be very intriguing to see if uh, Central Catholic can hold on because both are really, really good teams. And you know, you always have the record of, oh, yeah, the North is so much better than the South. Like, I believe South lost 6-0 and last year to all these North teams. So can Central Catholic be the one that kind of gets over the hump of the better North teams? And it's going to be a very intriguing matchup to see how Central Catholic does. Um, hopefully, I'll be in attendance for that game because I believe that's going to be the Friday game I'd go to. Uh, but I'm excited for that one. Going to be a pretty cool game to go watch. Uh, Ryan, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you see the St. Thomas win on the on the Central Catholic resume, and it looks really, really good. The game, the 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 loss that looks horrible though to them is the uh, is the Antonian prep loss. I mean, that just looks atrocious when it comes down to it. Um, because if I'm not mistaken, who who's the team that it, it all Saints just beat? It was Antonian, wasn't it? So you're gonna tell me now at this point that this this look this this is back to back weeks for for Antonian. Antonian then goes out and beats Central Catholic, then loses to All Saints. Now All Saints is gonna come play Central Catholic. Hey, hey, that's 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 your information right there. I think that just blew my cover, but that's your information, and I I think you should stick by it. Don't. Let six and four scare you about this All Saints team. Always remember who they have to play in their district. Absolutely. Great analysis there. And that was going to end us for this week. Uh, Hopefully Wes can join us in the next episode. Uh, We miss him. I miss him. 
It's going to be a good time. Uh, yeah, hopefully we can get some guys out to go and watch some games. I know I'm going to be out since Catholic versus uh, Fort Worth All Saints on Friday, maybe catch a Saturday game. I know I have some stuff going on Saturday, but hopefully we can. You know, hopefully Wes can, but we'll see how it goes. Um, Ryan, you have anything else to say? You want to end it on there? No, I, I'll just say uh, uh, go Pokes. Um, you you uh, go go Pokes for football is what I'll say. Any any OSU fans that watch this, I actually do want to know because we always talk about AM. I'm always curious. If there's any Poke fans that watch the podcast, please let us know in the comments on Twitter. Send me a DM. I just want to know. I want to know if there's any alumni that are in the private school world. It would be kind of cool to know. So, but go Pokes um, and go private school football. Good to see some good games this week. Yep. Uh, and that'll end it, man. I'm Walker Lot. Uh, a little different of the hosting, but yeah, I appreciate y'all coming by. Hey, remember, like, subscribe, turn on those post notifications. Uh, we're giving us content. We'll see content on the on Twitter. Go like that stuff, retweet that stuff, more and more content. Hey, a little sneak peek. We're kind of in the works of doing some special stuff for Taps State Championships behind the scenes. Stay tuned. It's in the works. Stay tuned. So, yeah, uh, appreciate y'all coming by. Um, this is Ryan Schroeder. I'm Walker Lott. Uh, thank you.